Um, so uh, as we're waiting for a couple of minutes here for people to come back on, uh, one of the things that we want to do is look at this point on overlooking. It's one of the most important things uh, that we can uh, talk about because many times people actually have things stolen from them because they're overlooking the blessings of God. Amen. Lisa says, I can hear you now. Yay. Uh, so many times uh, people actually are overlooking things in their life. And so when we're talking about the three things that will steal your success, those things that we've talked about so far are unbelief, discouragement, and despair. And then uh, we're going to talk about the third one in just a second. But before we leave discouragement and despair, one of the principles of, over, of discouragement and despair is overlooking. So let me, let me give you an example of this. this. This to me is one of the most important points about this, and I watch this happen all the time. When, if somebody is in discouragement and despair, and they are gloomy, okay? If someone's in discouragement and despair, and they are gloomy, then what will happen is this. They won't see what's available to them, okay? A uh, biblical example of that. In discouragement and despair, the Israelites in the desert didn't see God's salvation through the Red Sea. All they did, they saw the sea and they overlooked it. They, they it was standing, God's salvation was in front of them, but they overlooked it. Now, God's heart and God's plan, and praise God, they had a great leader in Moses or else they would have been done for. Had they not had a faithful and hopeful leader in Moses, they would have been done for. Uh, so who you follow is very, very important. But they looked at the Red Sea and they overlooked the victory. Uh, what they did look at was they looked at the army. They saw death. They didn't see, they didn't see the victory that was through the Red Sea. They overlooked it. Because of a discouragement and a despair, they, they just thought they were getting ready to die right in the middle of the desert. But what God actually had for them was a success and a destruction of their enemies from that point forward. But they overlooked it. This is one of the things that will steal your success. If left alone, they would have died right there in the desert. But because they had a great leader who was hopeful and faithful, they actually survived and thrived. But we overlook many times. Now watch this. God tells us to be expectant. God tells us to be expectant, right? If we're expecting something, we're looking for something. We're not overlooking the blessing. We're not overlooking success. You know, we'll scan and overlook it and we won't see it. No, we are expecting it. We're looking for the success. There's got to be success in here somewhere. You know, it's kind of like one of those puzzles where it's a word finder and you circle the word in there. If, if they have that word in the bottom list and you know it's in that puzzle, you'll, you could, if it's a really hard puzzle, you could spend 20 minutes, but you won't give up because you know that word's in there because they typed it at the bottom. 
But see, many times we have a, a typed out Word of God, and if we're gloomy, we'll overlook, we'll overlook it. We won't look to find a way that it can come true. We'll be watching and overlook how it can come true. We won't be in expectation of it. We're overlooking it. See, this is a part of discouragement and despair. When he gets us out of hope, to, when the devil gets us out of hope, it can steal our victory and steal our success because our gloomy outlook will overlook the victory. But when we have a promise like 2 Corinthians 2.14, and God is always leading me to triumph in Christ, and manifesting through us the sweet aroma of the knowledge of Him in every place, there's no place in my life that I can't find success. Here, write that. There's no place in my life that I can't find a victory. There's no place. There's no place. Why? Because I'm in the family of God and He's given me a promise. There's no place in my life I can't find an escape. There's no place in my life I can't find a comfort. There's no place in my life I can't find the success of God because He's made me a promise. He's made me a promise. So no matter what you see, no matter what you feel, no matter what you experience, don't overlook God's promises. Don't, don't let discouragement and despair and a gloominess and an apprehension cause you to overlook the things of God. You know, here's one of the things, I, I've been meditating on this story a little bit, where God told Abraham, He said, look around, everything you can see is yours. Everything you can see is yours. But then he gave him a second command. Once Abraham followed the first command, God gave him a second command. And that second command was this. The second command was, now, now that you see, as far as your eye can, can see, you can see it. He said, now let me give you a second command. Go and walk what you can see from here, go and walk in it. And basically what he was telling him is, and see what's actually yours. Go see the detail of it. Go see the detail of the victory I've given you. Look, don't overlook it. Take time to walk about it, to walk about your victory. Take time to walk through and see your success. Meditate on your success. Don't overlook it. See, Abraham could have just left that mountain and he would have never known what he really had. He would have, he would have overlooked the success that he really had. And see, this is, this is something that we want to make sure that we're not missing. The devil wants us to overlook. The devil wants us to be gloomy and in despair. And over the years, I've watched people as they have actually completely missed the blessing and the victory and the success because he got them into a discouragement and a despair. And, and, and a preacher may say, here's your success right here. And they go, really? I don't see it. Oh, well, it must not work. They're overlooking it. There's no expectation to find success. This is something that can steal your success, having no expectation that you will find success having no expectation. And so it's right in front of you. Maybe you've got to dig for it a little bit, but we overlook it because we're in discouragement and despair. All right, so the first thing that will steal your success faith, is the opposite of faith, unbelief. The second thing, discouragement and despair, which is the opposite of hope. And the third thing that will steal uh, your success is the opposite of love, and that is being uncharitable, uncharitable. Uh, and if you think about that, 
You just not having charity in your heart. Now, charity in your heart is not just giving away to somebody that's in need. It, it's giving away to anybody, right? I'm, I'm not going to be giving to anybody. And, and watch what I mean by that. How about this? This is a big one. I don't want to give forgiveness to that person. Well, you, you don't know what they've done to me. I don't have to know what they've done to you. I have a command from the, my Lord who I have a responsibility to follow his commands to forgive. And so, but people will get in uh, uncharitable uh, actions, uncharitable thinking, and unforgiveness will steal their success. Unforgiveness will steal it. Versus being in love that is unconditionally giving whether somebody deserves it or not, right? We've got to be charitable. We've got to be operating in love. Love never fails. But if we're uncharitable, that fails. It fails a lot. It fills, and it will steal success, and it will steal your victory all the time. We've got to be charitable people. We don't want to be uncharitable. Let me, let me give you another word. I want to define like each one of these major categories that steal success. How about this? Being stingy. <laughs> Being stingy. Being stingy. Being stingy will steal your success. There's a whole lot of people that have accepted the doctrines of a corrupted world saying that I've got to be stingy with every penny or I'll never have success. You're already a failure. I'll just sip my tea. You're already a failure and you don't even know it. You're already a failure because your heart is uncharitable and what you do have you won't even be able to enjoy because stinginess has kept you in that place. Uh, this this hoarding at this hoarding thought, you know, a hoarding thought. Well, I've got to keep all of this because you know what hoarding basically says is if I if I don't keep all of this, then I may need it one time and I won't have it. You know what you're saying is I'll have a need and God can't meet it in the future. You know, some of us it would be good go through your house and just throw some stuff away. Like, and Nicole and I will do that. We'll just have periods of time where we just roll through our house and we just throw stuff away or we give it away. If it's still in really good shape, we'll give it away or we'll sow it to somebody. But if it's not, we'll just throw it away because I'm not going to be stingy. I'm not going to get stingy and have stinginess and uncharitability steal my success. I'm not going to have it happen. No, no, you got to find that that you know, that actually is a poverty mentality that you've got to keep everything. You know, some things I understand keeping it if it's sentimental, you know, but love gives stuff away. Like my wife just said, I, she says, I love giving stuff away. I know, she, I know she does. She probably likes doing it more than I do. But here's the thing. You've got to get to the place where you're not stingy with it. You got to get to the place where you're not hoarding it, where you're not, where you're not sitting there like I've got to keep this. Remember, there was the the covetous man who says, "I've got all this stuff and I don't have enough barns to keep it. I know what I'll do. I'll I'll tear down my barns and I'll build bigger ones." And every and and the Lord said, "You." He talked to him, "You covetous and wicked man. Tonight, your life is required of you." In other words, that man died that night. He thought he had need for future storage. He didn't realize that his stinginess and his hoarding and his greediness, his uncharitable action had already stolen success from what he thought he needed. He had no need of it because he wasn't on the earth the next day. He was, already, he was already a failure before he even knew it. He had already lost. 
He had already lost. And this is a tactic that the devil uses, a poverty mentality where we can't give stuff away, where we're stingy with it, where, where we are uncharitable with the things that God's given us, and it always will drive us to failure. It will always. And we're like, well, we're just, this is one of the items that we'll use as a point of uh, just wisdom and logic is, well, I'm just being wise with my money. Actually, wisdom with your money is doing it God's way. In other words, when we actually move into giving God whatever he asks for us, it's always opportunity increase. It's one of the best things that you can do. Uh, Ted, Brother Ted at Kickstart this week, he's been talking about how uh, his, he said, how his accountant one time said, you really need to cut back on your giving. You know, it's the same thing the devil told me when Nicole and I were facing a financial crunch. He says, you're just giving, the devil, the devil spoke up to me right in that moment, you know, and he said, you just need to, you need to stop giving so much. And then for a split second, I thought about it. And then all of a sudden I went, oh, no, no, no. No, I recognize that voice. That's a fear that if I don't stop sowing, I'm not going to have enough. That's an uncharitable nature. That's a stingy nature looking after me. God's my source, not what I have. God is my source. God is my source. I said, matter of fact, devil, just because you suggested that, I'm going in my bank account right now, and I'm upping my giving. And that's exactly what we did. And let me tell you, I'm pretty decent at math. But we had a financial miracle that happened in that moment. And I don't know how. I, I'm pretty good at math. I still to this day don't know how we came out of it. We actually did better from that day forward than we had done before. And I was like, we gave away more. How did this happen? There wasn't extra income. There wasn't, uh, there wasn't bills that just supernaturally went away at that level. It was, but God somehow worked it. Still to this day, I don't know what happened. And I'm good at math. <laughs> like that's, that's one thing that I'm decent at, you know? It's like, how did that happen? I don't know. God, that's my answer. Because I chose to not be uncharitable, but to say, Lord, you're my source. I'm going to do it your way. And so the devil tries to get us in this, you know, being uncharitable. We're not just talking about finances. Uh, uh, the opposite of love also is despising. In other words, I don't esteem things. So the things that will steal your success, being uncharitable, being stingy, not esteeming God's things, not esteeming God's people, not esteeming God's ways. All of this is an uncharitability that will cause you to fail. If I don't, you know, if I don't prioritize God's things, God's ways, then I will find myself at a separate location of where God is. If I do not prioritize and esteem, but I despise, see, if I'm not esteeming God's things, the Bible teaches us we're despising God's things. If I despise what God is up to, if I'm uncharitable in my thinking, in my prioritization of God's things, God will be over here doing all of his great stuff, and I'll be over here because I've not made his things important. You know, there was a lady that just came down this week, a young lady. And uh, she literally flew in from New York to come to Kickstart, was only able to be here one night, but said, Lord, I'm going to esteem what you're doing. I've felt your call to go. And while she was here, uh, I was praying over people. She was sitting in the, in the, uh, in the chair. 
and uh, we had a bunch of people at the altar. The Lord said, go to her right now, lay hands on her head, and just pray in the Holy Ghost and release that anointing. Speak what I tell you to speak. So I went and prayed for her, and I went back and prayed for everybody at the altar. She said, she told me after service, she said, I've been having an issue. I've been having a problem with my skin, and it has been really ir an irritation for a long time. She said, I felt something change. I went into the bathroom and checked, and my, and my head was completely healed. That skin problem that she'd had was completely healed that night. What if she had despised the move of the Lord, despised being at the place where God told her to be? She wouldn't have been there, God. She wouldn't have been there for the Lord to tell me to go release the anointing in her body, right? But she got healed, but not because she despised it, but because she loved the things of the Lord. She prioritized the meetings of the Lord. And so she was right in the right place at the right time where God was doing great and mighty things. That was just two nights ago. You know, this, this is why we want to be. We don't want to be uncharitable. These things steal our success. We don't want to be stingy. We don't want to be despising. We don't want to be unforgiving. You know, uh, love is an unconditional giving. And that means I'm going to give to you and I'm going to forgive you even if you've done something wrong to me. It could have been. And sometimes we need, to, we need to go and say, you know what? You know, the Lord's really dealt with my heart. And I held it against you, and I'm sorry. And I ask you to forgive me for being unforgiving. You know, sometimes it's right to do that. You know, just go to the person and get it straight. And even if they don't receive it well, don't argue and fuss with them. You just make sure that you clear your heart with the Lord, right? And, and I've had the Lord do that. When, we, when he was preparing me for ministry, I was like calling everybody. He had me call. He, it was so much a place where I was like, I felt like just, just, really a humbling experience where he had me calling it, I'm so sorry, I did this, I did this. But I'll tell you, at the end of that process, I came out and I just felt clean. I felt so light. I felt I was ready to minister. Well, see, we should be doing that not just because we're called to ministry, because we're his children, because <laughs> we're his family, because we represent him. We should walk clean. We should walk in that place. If we're going to be in love, then we've got to be forgiving. But many times we don't want to give that person forgiveness because we've, we've been taught that, well, you've got to be smart and protect yourself. No, God's our protector. God's our protector, and this thing is trying to steal your success. That unforgiveness is trying to steal your success. Recognize it for what it is. Get mad at, the, at just the thought. Get mad at the thought that, that you're not supposed to forgive. Get mad at the even uh, the devil or your flesh is just throwing it up as, as a thought. You, no, you don't need to forgive them. Yes, you do. The Lord tells us to do that. You, know, you don't have to put yourself around them for the rest of your life if they haven't changed their ways and then just take a beating. But forgive them, yes, forgive them. And then here's the other thing. If we're uncharitable, we're harsh. We're not, we're not gentle with people. We're harsh with people. And harshness will steal your success because harshness is the opposite of unconditional giving. It's the opposite of love. Love never fails. But a gentleness, the word tells us to be gentle. That doesn't mean that you're gentle with the devil, but it means you're gentle with people, right? I can be, I can be uh, rude to the devil and should be. He's an enemy of God. 
and he hates the things of God, and I hate him for it, right? I can be rude to the devil, and, and a person can be full of the devil, but I can be gentle with that person. I can be gentle with the person and hate the devil, right? I can be gentle. Now, if a person has set themselves as an enemy of God, and an enemy of God and an enemy of his people, that's a different situation. And it's time to deal with that as the Lord gives you direction. But a lot of times people think that the people is always their enemy. The people are made in the image and likeness of God. God has a heart to save them all. But some people won't be saved when they move over into the enemy of God. You know, a lot of times that's where you'll see like in Acts chapter 13 where the enemy of God was trying to talk the king out of being born again. And Paul said, you'll be blind from this moment forward. You see it with, you know, Ananias and Sapphira. They set themselves to lie to the Holy Ghost. They drop dead right in the middle of a church service. You know, one, three hours later, the next one drops dead. Don't set yourself against the things of God. That's New Testament too. That wasn't Old Testament. That's New Testament. And uh, so, you want to make sure that you don't play around with the things of God. Make sure that you're not uncharitable. But if you don't have somebody that set themselves as an enemy of God, be gentle. Don't be harsh. Be charitable to, to people. Don't be unkind. Unkindness is, is an uncharitable action. It's the opposite of love. See, when we're harsh, unkind, unforgiving, watch what's happening. Watch what's happening. We're saying, Lord, your ways are not good enough for me. I've got to be harsh to this person. I've got to not forgive them. I've got to be unkind to them. Right? And you're, what we're saying is, Father, your ways, so what are we doing? We're despising the character and nature of God. We're despising who he is. Isn't the Lord gentle with us? <laughs> Are you kidding me? The Lord is so gentle with us. The Lord is so gentle and kind and forgiving to us. You know, I, I think if we could replay the stuff that we actually did, even especially the stuff that we don't even know about in our lives that we haven't even, we're going to watch it and be, you know, if, if the Lord wanted to, he could play this video in heaven in front of everybody and we would be so embarrassed. We would just want to, you know, melt away at how unkind and, and unforgiving we've been in our lives, and yet the Lord's been kind and gentle to us and sent His Son for us. How many things. How you want to be treated by the Lord is how you ought to treat other people. <laughs> how you want to be treated by the Lord and others is how we ought to treat other people. That's the Bible. The other thing is this, is uh, we don't want to be, and watch this, uncontrolled in other words, what I'm saying is we want to apply. If we're going to be in love and not be uncharitable, we're going to have some self-control. We're going to have some self-control. <laughs> Hannah says face palms. Oops. I understand. I've been there too. <laughs> Makes me laugh because I've been there. But uh, yeah. But we want to have self-control in our life. Many times a lack of self-control steals our success. God's got success in your life laid out. All of a sudden, we can't control our mouth. We can't control our emotions, right? We can't control our face. You know, when we look at somebody like they're an idiot or something. And all of a sudden, we're sitting in the place where a lack of self-control completely steals our success. But love has control. Love has self-control. It's a fruit of the Spirit. Love has a control in its life. These are things that are designed to steal your success, but God has given us and empowered us 
with faith, hope, and love, the opposite of all the things we talked about today. It says uh, in Peter, it says, He has already granted to you everything pertaining to life and godliness. All the stuff we talked about today is anti-godliness, which means if God has given us everything pertaining to life and godliness, then we have what we need to live it the right way, which means God has already given us everything we need for the success that He has planned for us. Isn't He a good God? Isn't He a mighty Savior? Isn't He a great Lord who actually says, I have this for you and I'm going to give you the power to get it? In other words, you just got to put down your flesh, put down the opposite, you know, put down the unbelief and doubt, put down the despair and discouragement, put down being uncharitable, and you will have success wherever you go. Amen. Glory to God. I just want to pray for you right now. Father, I just thank you that you are enlightening us and giving to us everything that we need to walk in the fullness of your success, to walk in the fullness of your plan and the destiny for our lives. You've given us everything. Lord, we praise you. We worship you. We give you all of the glory. And we thank you for it right now. Lord, empower your people right now in Jesus' name. We thank you for it. Let us walk in faith, hope, and love in the success that you've given us. Let us step away from all the fleshly actions and reactions, Lord. And let us be proactive in faith, hope, and love. Let us, be, let us take those steps ahead of time, not just when we feel it's so important, but let us walk in them all the time. Let every person here in this, let them see it and walk in it, and we praise you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Glory to God. We just want to encourage you today uh, to sow. Uh, they're going to put it up on the screen. You can give at giveww.org. Uh, you can give one time or give recurring. You can also give at uh, Cash App with the cash tag giveww. Or you can go on Facebook, hashtag donate, followed by the amount. Text to give, all of these things. Uh, we just encourage you to sow right now. And uh, listen, when you receive the word, the Bible teaches us that it is right and proper. It's a part of our righteousness and holiness that we walk in to say, you know what? I just received the word of God ministered to me, and I'm not going to go by this moment, and I'm not going to sow into it. The Bible teaches us that it's right to do that really every time that we have it, and we should see it as that way. And so what I want you to do is just be encouraged. So as the Lord leads you, you know, let the Lord show you what to give. You know, let him show you exactly. Because when you are in obedience, he says, if you're willing and obedient, you'll eat the good of the land. I want you to eat the good of the land. But in order to do it, according to the Bible, you have to be willing and obedient. So it's not just doing the action, but it's doing the action with a willing heart. Many times we're sitting in the place where we'll do something, but we really don't want to do it. That's not going to work. That's not how you eat the good land. But at the same time, many times we're sitting there, God will tell us to do something, and because we're not willing, uh, we won't do it, right? We won't do anything. And we don't realize we've literally stolen our harvest from the future because of our lack of willingness and obedience. But he also says this, and he says that, that he is not withholding any good thing from those who walk uprightly. Uprightly. So when we walk in what is right, God actually will say, look, I'm, I, can, I can get exactly what you need 
when you need it right now. So I encourage you to sow. Sowing is so important to our lives. It's very, very important. Thank you, Kevin, for that seed. I can see that. And anybody else that I can't see, uh, Father, right now, bless every seed. Let it be supernaturally multiplied back into their lives. Let that harvest come up in every way. Lord, we receive, and we receive your success today in Jesus' name. Amen. We love you so very much. Here's Barrett, and we're going to talk about more about what's going on. Two more nights of Kickstart. you got to get here. Thank you, Miss Julie, for that. I see it. Let it be blessed right now. In Jesus' name, amen.